How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of the Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland. We're coming to y'all on today, August 17th, 2021. I am joined not by one person today, but two people this time. We have Ben Gorwitz coming to us once again. Ben, say what's up to everybody. What's going on, everyone? Ben, glad to have you back on the podcast once again. As promised for our SEC-ACC preview, we have none other than Cody Hardage, Yardage Locks on the podcast. Cody, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? How are y'all? Looking forward to this call with Benny G and Hot Takes here. Hey, guys, y'all, like we said, we got to do it big for one of the biggest podcasts of the entire year. SEC podcast preview is where we're going to start things out. We got lots of good stuff for y'all. Then we'll go to the ACC. Then we're going to give y'all our final four national champion and our Heisman Trophy winner. So we're going to finish everything out with college football strong right here. We're sitting, I guess, next week we have college football week zero. We got some a lot of unwatchable college football games but you know at least it's real meaningful football then following Saturday we'll have some real football but let's go ahead and get to it guys we will start things out in the SEC east or west where that we have the Alabama Crimson Tide as our top team to talk about here and Alabama is the reigning national championship team so it feels like the perfect spot to start with Ben why don't you tell us about Alabama's upcoming season let's do it I mean, it's the same thing with Alabama. They reload, they don't rebuild. So you got to replace a couple of coordinators. You got to replace a couple of key positions. Uh, I think the one question mark that most college football fans have is what's Bama's wide receiver core going to look like? I mean, they, they brought in a couple of transfers. Everyone else is a five-star, highly talented. I, I, you know, I'm not worried about the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know you're not, Thomas. Cody can spew his nonsense. I, I know he's not worried about Alabama's successful season. I mean, here's the thing. They, they lost three Heisman candidates, two All-American linemen up front, and they had six first-rounders plus their offensive coordinator gone. It's I'm not saying it's easy to replace them, but it's something that Alabama does every single year. Uh, I mean, I have Alabama finishing first in the SEC West, as I always do. Cody, I know you're going to push back, so what are you thinking about Alabama this season? No, I, I don't. I don't push back too much on Alabama. I, I do dislike Alabama very strongly and the people in Tuscaloosa outside of Ben Gorwitz and a couple others. But um, no, I think what's, what's really special about Nick Saban that no one really talks about is the fact that, you know, Ben hit it on is he replaces coordinators every year, new coaches every single year. Um, and he implements his system and gets everyone to buy in every single year. Um, and you don't see that consistency ever. And like in all sports, you could argue, um, you know, outside of Bill Belichick, there's no coach like we've seen um, like Nick Saban. And as an Auburn guy like myself, you know, I used, I used to hate LeBron, right? And then there's a certain circumstance where you have to really respect greatness. Um, and when, you saw, when I saw him beat the Warriors in that, that greatest team of all times, you know, coherently, um, I had to gain my respect for LeBron and now he's a Laker. But going off that is Nick Saban is year after year, he does what he does. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about him and his greatness, but I think what's going to make them great this year is um, starting with their defense. Right. Um, and Ben can probably end off it with me, but uh, I believe his name. Yeah. Christian Harris. He's incredible. Uh, he's going to be a dog this year. Um, and he's going to lead that defense inside and out. And then on the offensive side, I think it was like John Minchie. I was watching him. Mechie the third uh, on uh, in spring game. And I mean, he just looks like another first round top 10 pick at the receiver position. Um, so they're going to reload. They're going to go 11 and 0, 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 this year. 
Um, I'm hoping that one loss will be in Jordan Harris. They seem to fall apart in that stadium every year. Um, and I'll see them in the Iron Bowl. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Cody, I actually agree with you on the 11 and one part with Alabama. Look, Ben, y'all both hit it on the head. I hit the nail on the head. Alabama might have lost so much of their team, but I'm not going to sit here and harp on what they lost because they reload every single time. Nick Saban always brings in one of the best recruiting classes. This team looks like they're going to be good. I still feel like Bryce Young will have a little bit of growing pains at quarterback. I think he has a tough game on the road against Texas A&M where I have them taking an L this season. It's tough, tough environment to go in there and play. Look, they don't exactly have the easiest schedule in the SEC. They have to play at Florida, at Texas A&M, and like you said, at Auburn, which will all be tough games. Um, this defense, though, should be stacked up, as y'all just touched as well. I really like Will Anderson coming off the edge. I think he's going to have a big season and be one of the top picks in the NFL draft next year defensively. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that this Alabama team stacked up once again, they're going to have another great season. I mean, wouldn't be shocked if they find themselves playing another SEC championship game as we always, as we always think they will. Um, and, they're, and they're actually getting back to what a lot of people are accustomed to seeing with the Nick Saban defense. Their, their strongest position, their best leaders are all at the linebacker position. Every mm -hmm. single starter, uh, all four starters will be a first round pick when they're eligible for the draft. Will Anderson, as you mentioned, top returning – he was the top saxman in the SEC last year. He was only a true freshman last year. He's coming back. Christian Harris is about to be a third-year starter. They got the transfer, Henry Toto from uh, Tennessee, who is, I believe, the top tackler in all the SEC last year. If not, then he was uh, one of the top linebackers. I mean, this team is absolutely loaded on defense. I expect them, you know, to lean on their defense and – a lot of, lot of weapons at running back, as a lot of these SEC schools do. We'll kind of get into that as we talk about each team here. But, I mean, listen, it, it's the same thing with Alabama. Uh, I do want you to repeat something because people love the narrative of Alabama doesn't play anyone. Thomas just said they have a tough schedule. So, if anyone thinks that Bama doesn't play anyone, I get it. They don't play a lot of true road games to open the year. A lot of it's neutral site. I mean, I don't make the schedule. I can tell you right now their schedule is not easy compared to most SEC schools and their win totals at 11 or 11 and a half. So it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. And also too, the last thing we'll say about Alabama real quick is look, they might absolutely smack Miami. It might, they might embarrass them at the end of the day, Miami's still one of the 15 best teams probably in college football this season. So, I mean, it might, it might, it might look like a blowout, but I mean, Miami's really not that bad. That's just how much better that they are than the rest of college football. So be fun to watch yeah. Bama this season as always. Um, I got two takes, Thomas. All One, right. Alabama is lucky every single year because they get to play Tennessee every single year. Same with Georgia. Them being a top rival is absolute nonsense. You hear a lot of complaints because Auburn has to play LSU, Georgia, and Alabama every single year, no matter what. And then we play Clemson or at Penn State, and then we schedule them week one. Now, I, if I was the AD, would I do that? Absolutely not. But as an Auburn fan, you see Alabama play Alabama and A&M week one, and we're at – in Dallas playing Oregon, yeah, it's not exactly – you know, I'm not exactly stoked. Yeah. And then I have a question for Ben. If you were an NFL GM, are you taking Tua or Mac Jones as your starting quarterback right now? Mac Jones. Me too. Wow. I'm serious. I'm the same it's, way. I, I think Tua's not a guy – he's not my guy. It's, Mac, Mac it's, is. It's, it's not that I think Tua's not necessarily the guy. It's, it's – I think he's a lot more injury prone. I don't think it takes much to injure Tua, even though he's got a lot more mobility. Mac Jones is – the style that Mac Jones plays, you can find a million examples of NFL quarterbacks of a guy that's just not going to make the mistake, and he wins a lot of games. There's a million examples in NFL history like that. 
versus guys who are just super, super talented that don't get it done. So, I, I mean, I would pick Mac Jones, and I think he's also in the perfect organization for him. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I like both those guys. I think they're both going to be good in the NFL. Next up here, I alluded to it earlier. Let's talk about the Texas A&M Aggies. I have the most notes of any team on my sheet for the Texas A&M Aggies. So, we're going to say this, guys. Look, Texas A&M – surprised a lot of teams last year they definitely don't have Kellen Mond anymore at quarterback but I don't think that's a problem for Jimbo Fisher Jimbo's been known as the quarterback whisper and I think four-star QB Haynes King is going to fill in perfectly fine he's ranked he was ranked number 45 in the 2020 class he's a redshirt freshman um, it also helps too when you have a stacked up offensive line as they're going to return as that even though they're only down four of those five guys from last year this offensive line is still going to be a really good unit. Texas A&M seems to recruit those guys and pump them out into the first round every single year. Blocking should not be a problem. Plus, they're absolutely stacked at all their skill positions. They're stacked at wide receiver, running back. They have one of the best guys in the nation with Isaiah Spiller. Even tight end, they arguably have some of the best tight ends in the nation. He's going to have so many toys and weapons, and he's going to be backed up. I mean... It, the, the defense, though, is where that this team is going to get off. They have four super seniors pretty much up front. Their defense allowed 21 points per game last year and 92 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, they have nine starters back on that. I mean, this is pretty much a top five defense, and I think they're absolutely loaded at this spot. Also, too, they get a lot of their key games at home this year, and they play a cakewalk schedule as they're out of conference. I mean, their hardest, their hardest out of conference game is at Colorado, which is an absolute joke. I don't even think Colorado will be bowl eligible this year, but all that bodes well for him and getting Alabama at home early. That'll probably be the biggest game of Bryce Young's college football career on the road in college station. I like Texas A&M to have a great season this year. I still think everyone in the sec is going to lose one game. So I think they'll lose one game across the way, but I think they'll get Alabama. I mean, they have. I mean, I, I'm not. I like everything you said. Obviously, replacement number one is you got to replace Kellamon. Uh, it's a guy who has a lot of production under his belt mm-hmm. at Texas A&M. Um, honestly, probably one of the best quarterbacks they've had in school history. To be honest with you, just a ton of production. Won a lot of games for them. Um, you know, to touch on the defense, they have nine returning players on defense. That's unbelievable when you get consistently a consistent play returning like that. I, I love their running back, love their tight ends. I mean, Jimbo's a good coach. Um, I, I, they're in the same boat as Alabama. It's the talent's there to win. It's what are you going to get out of your quarterback? You need consistent quarterback play in whatever league of football you play in, high school, college, pro. So, you know, whoever – I think whoever has the most consistent play out of Alabama and A&M, they're definitely the two favorites for the West. No, I love everything you guys said, except the fact that they aren't Alabama. They're not even. They're not going to beat Alabama. They're going to lose. They're going to lose by Alabama about seventeen points at home. They're going to be 13, thirteen point favorites, Alabama, and it's going to be it's going to be easy. Um, it's going to be it's you know how it is. Everyone's going to hype up the game. It's going to be a huge game, and then Alabama's going to control the line of scrimmage all four quarters, and that's what Nick Saban does when when a big game happens. Um, I have I've texted him. Nine and three, um, but I'll talk about their team real quick. I think a new quarterback is a huge impact, right? I don't think that you can just come in and just bring in a new four star and say, "Hey, welcome to the SEC. You're going to be great." No, I think I think he's going to struggle, uh, especially early on. Um, and I have the upset. My upset pick of the SEC this year uh, is actually Texas A&M goes on the road to Arkansas week four, um, and I have Texas A&M with a really rowdy Arkansas bunch. They have a lot of hype, a lot of, you don't, 
you don't hear it, Thomas, and Ben, mm -hmm. SEC guy, but Arkansas fans are really excited about their team this year. Um, they like their head coach. They like with the direction their, their roster is going. Um, Fayetteville is a crazy place. I've seen it back in the McFadden days, and they got that, that uh, electricity in the air there. I don't know. Maybe a crazy week four, but – um, I have them losing to Arkansas, Alabama, and Auburn. Wait, don't they play that game, though, in uh, in Cowboy Stadium every year? You might be right. If it is, then I'm I'm an idiot. It always is on – probably is. Is it, is it in uh, Jerry World? Yeah, because Jerry went to Arkansas, so he always plays that one there. Uh, you know, well, then I might change my mind there. But they're losing to Auburn and Alabama because Auburn doesn't lose, so. Yeah, I actually have a good stat for Auburn a little later on that you'll like. Um, the unranked stat, baby? Yes. No, I, well, no, it's actually how good y'all are at home is it, since 2015. So, I mean, it's it's pretty damn hard, let's put it this way, to go in there and pull off a victory since – I mean, historically, it is hard to go. You got, to, you, got you, you got me and Prescott in the stands. I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Prescott counts as at least 10 fans. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm pretty high on this Texas A&M team. I think that the schedule definitely does them some favors, but, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. It is tough to go to play in an SEC schedule, and that will be a massive game. I mean, regardless of where it's at, that is a rivalry game, and it's tough to play in those. But, hey, I like Texas A&M's outlook. I just feel like that last year of college football, you know, is too cut and dry. I feel like this year with the crowds back, that they're going to be even more wild. So, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. Next team up, Cody, I actually have your Auburn Tigers, and – We'll start out here with with um, your Auburn Tigers. Why don't you let us know what you're thinking about them? No, i uh really excited to talk about Auburn. I think um, start off with our new head coach, Brian Hartson. Um, I think it was time. Uh, I think Gus did a great, you know, great job with our program in the time he was there. Um, and it was a good time to have, have Brian Hartson come in. He uh, brings a totally different attitude, uh, a little more like, you know, Navy style uh, football, I guess, a little more. Uh, he's more, I guess, player connected. He's in the weight room lifting with the players. He's literally running stadiums and workouts at five in the morning with the players, like borderline a psychopath, um, really players, you know, type of person. Um, and he's also running the offense, right? And he was at Boise State really successful. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is, is he going to be able to recruit in the SEC? And that's the biggest question mark. Uh, but I, as an Auburn guy, will tell you that Auburn sells itself. Um, and I think if you win football games, that you can get recruits to come to Auburn, right? Um, it's no different than Alabama, no different than Florida State. Um, so winning solves a lot of issues, especially with the crazy alumni fan base that Auburn has. Uh, but to go off the roster, I think Brian Harson's coming into a really good team, actually. Um, and I don't think people quite understand how bad Gus was with the personnel previously and how stuck in his ways he was. Um, we're returning, you know, a ton of people back on our defense, uh, three offensive linemen on our end. And then our really our biggest you know, question mark is our receiving core. Um, but I will say new coaching staff, new offense. It's going to be a tough learning curve. But we start the season with two cupcakes and then we go on the road at Penn State. Um, I'm not very high on Penn State. I think it's going to be a really hyped game because it's a whiteout, um, you know, 8 p.m. game. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. ABC or whatever. I just think we're going to – I do think we're going to beat Penn State uh, pending Bo Nix uh, doesn't have happy feet in the pocket this year. Um, I'm one of the few. I'm not I'm, – I'm a little skeptical on Bo, but I see the talent that he has. Um, and I do think, you know, we will see a different quarterback if, if Brian Harson is as good as a quarterback coach as people say. So I have us going 10-2. and two. I have us losing to Alabama and Georgia. Um, and 
I, that's a really high, you know, <laughs> schedule there. I, I would say realistically, uh, we probably will go eight and four, nine and three. But me being the Auburn guy, I am I'm saying ten and two. <laughs> ten and two. <laughs> um, look, I think the eight and four, seven and five is a little more realistic for Auburn this year. I'm not saying that necessarily because I think that Harson's a I'm bad. I'm not telling people to bet on that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, we need to clarify that. Look, I definitely I definitely feel – you know, I don't think Auburn's just going to roll over and play dead. I don't think they're going to get blown out in these games. I just think it's a really tough schedule, man. I mean, this entire side of the SEC, we'll keep going through it, but, I mean, it's absolutely loaded up. I think – or you could argue outside of Georgia, they probably have the next, you know, five best teams in the SEC, six best teams in the SEC on this side. So, I mean, it's absolute joke how much easier it is to play in the East than it is in the West, which we'll talk about here a little later. But, look, Auburn does have all five starters back in the offensive line. I mean, I do feel bad for Bo Nix. This is his third different offensive coordinator. But kind of like you alluded to, Cody, Harson is really kind of a quarterback whisperer. I mean, we saw at Boise State, he always got great production out of him. I think he can do the same thing here with Bo Nix. Auburn does have the second hardest schedule in college football, depending where you look. Um, I think that they're going to be able to run the ball a lot, though, with Tank Bigsby. Um, they're also ranked, according to Phil Steele, 100th last year in returning production going into last season. So they were have 19 starters back, I believe – or, sorry, 15 starters back this upcoming season. So, you know, I think that will help a good bit. I think Auburn's going to be a tough out, and I definitely think one of these big-name teams, you know, is going to come to the Plains where they're 26-6 and six straight up since 2015 and get upset. So I think Auburn definitely goes bowling this year. And I think they're going to have good building blocks to build on a program with Harson after this season. Cody, you may have mentioned it, but uh, what, what kind of, what like style of offense is Harson trying to run? Cause at Boise yeah, State, he went. It's going to be a West coast downhill offense. So you're going to see a lot of single back um, under, under, under center. Um, a lot of play action, a lot of Bo Nicks on the run, a lot of downhill running with tank Bixby. Um, but you're also going to see that West Coast, you know, spread, right? We're not going to totally lose that. Um, it is 2021, so you need – I would say it's going to be about 60% shotgun, 40% under center. Um, yeah. Or NFL style. But I think for Bo, that's great, right? And I think mm-hmm. gives, you know, gives him some options as a quarterback on kind of the style that he plays. Um, and I, I kind of said it then. The first two games playing nobodies, I think we're playing like Akron and uh, Alabama State. I really do think that's a huge thing for us just to be able to like establish offense before we play anyone decent. Um, And who knows, man, it's going to be an interesting season with the fans and hopefully Auburn fans come out with some excitement. So, you know, my take with Auburn, I mean, it's, I think there's the good and I think there's the ugly. I don't really think there's in between. I think they have the best running back in the SEC. I think Tank, Tank Bigsby is unbelievable. And nationally, I think he's one of the best running backs. And he's the style of running back that you can feed him 25, 30 times a game, no problem. And I would give him. My thing is, I mean, listen, I'm not a quarterback evaluator. I don't see anything with Bo Nix. Now, he's, a, he's able to win games. He beat Oregon. He's beaten Alabama. Uh, he's been able to win some big games. It's the footwork is I, I never understood it with him. You already mentioned he's got happy feet. So what's it going to look like when he's under center? An area he's not comfortable with in his two years at Auburn. He probably took less than 20 snaps under center. So, I mean, it, footwork and accuracy are the two things that Bo Nix absolutely needs to improve on. And it's hard to improve on that when your playmakers on the outside aren't necessarily up to, like, Auburn-level talent yet. I think Harson will be able to recruit in the SEC. I think he'll get there. 
And, you know, my last point, and I'll let you respond, is the hard schedule this year with a uh, year one coach, only positive, only positive. They're going to learn how Harson likes to coach when they're tested. And it's only going to make them better. Each guy, each recruiting class that comes back, each recruiting class that he adds, I think Auburn will be – I don't think they're going to be rebuilding for very long. I really don't. I just don't think Bo Nix is that good. Like, he – he doesn't seem like he's talented enough to play at Auburn, in my opinion. Um, you and I have had many conversations about how Gus Malzahn left this program. I, I compare it similar to what Jimbo Fisher did at FSU. He literally was not recruiting on his way out. So I get that they have a lot of offensive line returning, but they weren't good offensive linemen last year. So maybe they're better under a new strength program, under a new coach. I just think Auburn's got a lot to improve in a short little one season. So I think Harson, give them two, three years. And I think Auburn will be right back competing with, with the big dogs in the SEC. I just don't see the mix with Bo Nix and Harson, I, I, but more on the Bo Nix side. I think Harson's fine. No, I uh, I completely disagree with you, but that's why we live in this great country. I, uh, Bo Nix was a five-star number one quarterback in the state of Alabama, right? Um, yeah. He was a bad recruit. Uh, I would ask you this. Outside of Cam Newton, name a quarterback under Gus Malzahn that has improved under his resume. Jace, Jeremy Nick. Johnson, Sean White, Jarrett Sidham. Nick, Nick Marshall. And Nick, Nick Marshall didn't get better. 23-13 to 2014, he's completely digressed. There's not I mean, a quarterback. It's Malzahn. Malzahn I, I would put better. all. And no, I'm, I'm putting all, all on Malzahn. Malzahn. I'm yeah, saying it's all on Malzahn. You're going to see a different Bo Nix this year, and I, I'm I'm fighting for my Auburn here. There's not going to be much rebuild. The talent's there at Auburn. I'm telling you, we got a lot of four stars. We got a lot of five, a couple five stars that are starting in our defense. We're returning every single linebacker, and we have probably, and I'm going to say this, not a hot take. We have the best secondary in the SEC. We have eight guys that can play straight up play. We, and they are all going to play hard. And we have Derek Mason as our defensive coordinator. who is a great very, hire, a very underrated hire. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think we have the talent to really make a splash. And especially we have a lot of big games at home this year, um, including Georgia and Alabama. If we can beat Penn State on the road, um, Thomas hinted on it. No one wants to play Auburn at night at Jordan Hare. And if we have a fan base that's, bought into the team and a team that's bought into Brian Harson. I don't care if we have two stars on our team, the stadium itself will give us some, you know, a chance to win each game. So we'll see. So you're, you're right. Alabama, as an Alabama fan, it must be easy to be a quarterback when you can eat a hot dog in the pocket each, you know, eat <laughs> when you're offensive, you know, protecting. That's, your I mean, that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think one officer is going to see Nick go from – he's not incompetent, but he's an average man in his two years. I don't all of a sudden become great season. I, I don't see it. I think if he returns for his senior season, which is in two football seasons now, then, yeah, I would agree. I'll, I'll uh, look for improvement. But in one offseason, I just don't see it. I love it. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, guys, let's keep it moving here in the SEC now. We will keep it in the West still. And let's move to the LSU Tigers. Ben, how do you think how do you think your bitter rival is going to do this season? 
No, shoot. Well, we lost. I think we might have lost Ben. We lost Ben. Cody, you want to start us out on LSU? Yeah, of course. Um, You know, I I think LSU is going to – well, I was really high on LSU until their quarterback went down. Mm -hmm. And I really really do think that has a huge impact, right? I think his uh, quarterback going down, um, they have a bunch of talent on the outside. They're returning a bunch of starters. Uh, I'm not too high on their coaching staff. I really think Joe Brady was like everything for them. Um, and I, I, I think ever since Joe Brady left, there's really no identity on that offense. I agree. Um, I hinted on about Auburn. I hinted on about LSU. I mean, when they play at home, they have a chance of winning at all time. So that gives them a huge advantage. Um, but outside of Derek Singley, I mean, who is also pro- – what Derek Singley is projected to be a top five pick, I'm assuming. I mean, that guy is absolutely incredible. I think LSU is a little overhyped. Um and I, I think they might – I think they're going to go 9-3 and three or 8-4. and four. Um, I really do. I think they're going to get upset. I think they're going to lose to – what do I have them? I have them losing to Alabama. That's weird. Alabama. I have them losing Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, I definitely don't disagree with that take at all. I mean, it's it's just a tough schedule. I mean, even they start out playing at UCLA. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say UCLA is that great or anything, but they're supposed to be very improved this year. I mean, playing all the way on the road, traveling all the way out there is never an easy task going out of the West Coast. But, yeah, you know, it's it's it just falls under, the, under this, you know, with the SEC. They also have to play Florida out of the East. So, I mean, that's tough. And they also have to play at Kentucky. I'm not going to sit here and say Kentucky is one of the best teams, but I definitely think they're a little underrated and playing on the road there definitely won't be easy. We've seen a lot better LSU teams go into Lexington and get upset in the past. So could definitely play a factor there. Look, LSU last year had a very weird season. Just about everybody set out for COVID. Um, they kind of had the national championship hangover. They gave up 35 points per game last year. They bring in a new defensive coordinator. That should help with a little bit of that. They have five starters back on the o- offensive line. They have a total of 18 starters back, nine on each side of the ball. Realistically, though, it's going to come down to what it's always come down to for LSU. How is Max Johnson going to do stepping up here for Miles Brennan with the injury? Look, with Miles Brennan in there, I like this team a lot. Max Johnson, I really have no idea what the hell we're going to get from him. It currently comes down to what he's going to do for this team. I want to believe and buy into because the guy who's down there, offensive coordinator, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's one of the Joe Brady guys. I want to believe that he can implement that Joe Brady system, but at the same time, I think Joe Brady's one of the best nines in football, so it's tough to sell myself on that. If they can get something out of Max Johnson, though, there's so much talent in LSU. We always see see him pump it into the NFL, and we see him thrive in the NFL. He's got everything he needs there. It's going to be boom or bust. I'm going to go more on the bust side, though, as they play an extremely tough schedule. I think that it's I think seven wins to eight wins is realistic. I agree with a lot of what the two of you both said. I mean, I've been I've been telling Thomas the past two years. I, Coach O is just I, I don't. He's a glorified cheerleader. I'm sorry, he's not. That's that's what he is. I mean, he which is fine. He relies on good coordinators. A lot of there's a lot of coaches like that. Um, you know, the Miles Brennan loss, uh, everyone talks about it, that it's such a massive loss. No one's ever seen – this kid's played like five games in six years of college. No one knows if this kid's any good. I mean, I yeah, but there's, a, there's no T.J. Finley, right? So that my biggest rebuttal is, is right, there's no one that's played a snap, I don't think, at LSU now. Well, Max, Max Johnson played several games last year. Oh, I didn't know. Wait, the guy that – who got He's hurt? the lefty. He's the lefty. Yeah, gotcha. You're yeah, right. he played. He played a couple of games, so he's got more experience. I mean, just as much experience as Brennan. 
Uh, fun fact about him that I know that both of you don't care about, but he's the nephew of Mark Rick, which oh, that's cool. Mark Mark Rick has a long history of quarterback success and uh, developing quarterbacks, so it's in the family. I mean, you know, his uncle's right there if he if he uh, need to ask Mark Rick anything. With, with LSU, I I agree with you know everything you guys said. Their secondary is also supposed to be very very good, out, even outside of Stingley. Um, I mean, we hear it every year and. You know, not to brag on Alabama, but go look up LSU's recent record at home against Alabama. Like, it's not impressive. So, uh, I get that Death Valley is a really hard play to pl- uh, place to play. Nick Saban has found a lot of success there. Um, you know, it, it it's how consistent can you get out of your, out of your quarterback? What is Max Johnson going to give you? The talent is there at all of these schools. So... Whoever has the most consistent quarterback play, I think, is going to be successful. Yeah, I would say that's definitely a uh, good call there, Ben. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the LSU Tigers. Um, we have hit on all our teams we need to hit on. Actually, wait, we're forgetting one team we got to hit on out of the SEC West, and that is the Ole Miss Rebels. I'll start us out here with Ole Miss. Look, this Ole Miss offense last year was nasty. Put up th- uh, 35 35- 39.5 points per game quarterback Matt Corral had a lot to do with this um, he's back for them as well as four offensive line starters they still have a lot of playmakers at wide receiver I don't see Elijah Moore out there for them anymore at the same time which is definitely gonna be tough losing him it felt like no matter how much defense they put on him he could still make any kind of play whatsoever look their defense was downright awful if you bet the over and Ole Miss game I'm pretty sure it, it, you won like nine out of however many games they played last year it's crazy they couldn't stop anybody they could put points up though with the best of them Look, I think Lane Kiffin will get this, will keep this program moving in the right direction. I think they just play way too hard of a schedule as they play an absolutely stacked up SEC schedule with being in the West and whatnot. I think they'll pull an upset against somebody. I could see, you know, them catching somebody off guard and maybe even like a team like Texas A&M. That could be their one loss, you know, just because their offense might not be as dynamic and they're going to have to go play at, at Ole Miss. Look, I think Ole Miss – just has to play too tough of a schedule here. I think the defense won't be there. I think the offense will put up points. This will be a fun team to watch. Matt Corral will probably have some of the best statistics in all of college football this season. I see Ole Miss going seven and five, but I definitely see him putting up a fight against some of these good teams. And Matt Corral is a preseason Heisman contender. Um, honestly, throws one of the best deep balls in all of college football. Also throws it a lot more often than yeah. a lot of quarterbacks in college football. But him and Sam Howell him, Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler uh, are probably the three best deep balls coming back in college football. And, you know, with Ole Miss, there's there's one game that I would encourage everyone to go watch, and it describes Ole Miss perfectly. It's their game against Alabama last year. They had multiple chances to beat Alabama and to beat other good teams last year, and they could not get one single stop. So this is a team under Lane Kiffin, who you know I love, can score on any team in the country. They, they can score on anybody. It's Lane Kiffin's a tremendous play caller. I think he's one of the best. Um, I honestly root for him to fail as a head coach so that he can always come back home under the Nick Saban coaching tree and call plays. But it, he's an easy guy to root for, in my opinion. Ole Miss is a fun team to root for. They score a ton of points. It's an easy team that if you just want to pick a team in college football, I recommend going with Ole Miss. They're a lot of fun to root for. Matt Corral, like I said, Heisman contender coming back. Gonna throw a lot of deep balls. They're gonna score a lot of points. I just I don't know if they can stop anybody. No, I, I agree with you. Their defense is pretty, you know, atrocious. Um, but I think their offense is 
the real deal. I think Matt Corral's uh, incredible. I think Lane Kiffin's an incredible call, play caller, and he's hilarious on Twitter. Everything around is A-plus for Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I agree. I'm really high on Ole Miss this year. Um, I have them I have them going nine and three. Uh, I have them, I hate it. I'm going, I have them going almost third in the SEC West um, and then tied with uh, Texas A&M. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a lot of hot takes on the West this year, but I think Ole Miss is going to be a terrifying team to play. Um, I would, I, I, I think Auburn plays them October 30th and that Saturday I'm not looking forward to. Um, I don't care what defense you have. It's one of those things like the Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma years. Like you can put anyone on the field. doesn't matter. He's, they're going to score points. Um, it's an offensive game. Right. And I think, I think if Nick's, if, uh, sorry, Lane Kiffin can figure out some sort of defensive scheme with that coordinator um, and really just like be like, Hey man, I need you to hold teams to 28 and keep your job. Like seriously. And you know, they'll, they'll win a 35 lot. points even. Right. Exactly. So I think it's going to be uh, an interesting season. I think Thomas said it earlier, but with fans in the stadium, full capacity, uh, I think it's going to be really awesome. And I think we might see some upsets. They're, I have them finishing third, tied for third with LSU. So I have no, LSU I like and, a, and A&M flipped. Uh, and listen, Ole Miss is my sleeper team in the SEC. I don't think they're going to win the conference, but I do think they're going to pull off upsets. And it's not a team anyone looks forward to playing. Not at all. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. I see that. I see that. I see that really being like the one loss I have written down for AM. Like, I know y'all disagree with me on the AM take, but I see that being their, their one loss. Um, let's go over to the very, very, very weak SEC East. Um, we'll start things off with the Florida Gators before we go with the heavy favorite to win this side of the SEC. I'll start us off here with Florida. And look, Dan Mullen, I'm going to go ahead and say this. They have, they, the SEC did them no favors their schedule. They have to play Alabama on the opposite side, and I believe they also play LSU on the other side, if I'm not mistaken. But Dan Mullen is 0-10 straight up against Alabama. That goes all the way back to his Mississippi State days. They have just three home games as well in the SEC, which is doing them zero favors. Look, I think Emory, Emory Jones is extremely overrated as a quarterback. He has all this hype. I've never really seen it. I think he's a marginal thrower at best. I think he's more of a runner, and I think he's going to be running for his life they lost so much production I mean Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts were first round picks in this in, in the NFL draft I thought Kyle Pitts is a really good quarterback too I think this team had a good season also too Dan Mullen was linked to the NFL a lot I think he really wanted to go to the NFL obviously nobody picked him up as an NFL head coach he even said at SEC media day that he doesn't think this team's as talented as the team they had last year I don't even think Dan Mullen has faith in this team I feel like that the season kind of you know I feel like the, after they threw that shoe in the stands and then they held their own against Alabama and still couldn't, I just feel like that Oklahoma game was the beginning of the end. I think this is a very down year for the Florida Gators, and I think they get smacked around and have a very disappointing year this year. I have them winning six games and barely making a bowl. So they lost a lot of production. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, Trask, Pitts, and Tony was essentially their entire offense, um, you know, mixed in with a couple other receivers, obviously. But, you know, Emory Jones um, – He's an interesting cat. Uh, I think the positive thing for Florida fans is Dan Mullen's success typically comes from dual threat quarterbacks. And that's exactly what Emory Jones is. As you alluded to, he might be a better runner than he is thrower. I mean, that that's what Dak Prescott was when he started his career at Mississippi State. He obviously developed into a really good arm. He had Tim Tebow, who started off as just a runner behind Chris Leak at Florida and Dan, Mullen, uh, Dan Mullen's early days there. So 
I, I think Mullen really likes Emory Jones. I just don't think he knows what he's going to get out of him. You know, if we start to see teams blitz Emory Jones, cut off the, you know, kind of contain the side mm-hmm. so he can't run, does he have happy feet? Can he step in a pocket and make a throw? He's not going to throw the ball downfield like Kyle Trask, uh, Kyle Trask did. They're not going to even call those plays as often. I think the other side of Florida is they have a defensive coordinator who for a long, long time, Todd Grantham has been, you know, known as a better defensive play caller. Now, obviously last year was atrocious. I don't know what happened last year. They can't possibly be any worse on defense. I I just don't think they can be. So the defense I'm going to say is improved and you have an unknown quarterback, like a lot of SEC teams. I don't think they I don't think they reloaded like Florida fans want them to do. I don't know what happened with Dan Mullen's recruiting trail, but I can tell you for a fact that a lot of college football experts would tell you that they underperformed on the recruiting trail and it's gonna hurt them in the long run. But Florida's always gonna have talent. They always have talent. It's just what are you gonna get out of Emory Jones? Do you have more of a run game this year? Because last year they threw the ball, it seemed like eighty percent of the plays, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, they have a lot of production. doesn't seem like they reloaded as much as um, a lot of other SEC schools, Georgia, A&M, Alabama. Uh, Cody mentioned Auburn. So it is what it is for Florida. Um, I, I expect them to struggle this year, but, I, I mean, more. I have more than six wins. <laughs> yeah, and no, I have more than six wins. I, I, I love Dan Mullen. I think he's an incredible play caller. Um, I just think he's super weird. Uh, I know that sounds – like if I was a recruit, right, I don't think I want to play for him. Um, but as a as a football guy, right, and watching him call a, call an offense, I think he's super special. Um, he's definitely uh, one of the best play callers in college football. But to hit on what you said, right, I don't think he has any idea what he's going to get out of Emory Jones. Um, and I don't know quite what Florida is bringing to the table on the offensive side. I know they lost a lot of production this year you know, Pitts, Trask, and the whole gang. Um, but they're going to have talent, I'm sure, as you know, Ben. But I, I don't see themselves – I don't see them being great. I have them going eight and four. Um, and I think you hinted on it. But Todd Grantham, I've hated him since he's been at Georgia. Uh, I think he is a horrible – I just think he's a – He's young, overrated. He's overrated. All he does all he does is yell at his players. And I don't think it's a whole lot of teaching. He runs this 3-4 scheme um, that's really uh, from a – film perspective he doesn't change anything up so you know by the end of the season people really know what Florida's going to provide so um I don't think Florida's going to be that great this year I'm sure Georgia will get their revenge in Jacksonville uh by a large margin um and we'll we'll see how the Gators go yeah it'll definitely be an interesting year for the Gators last team we got to touch on here before we give y'all our um our sleeper team and our conference player of the year and our SC championship is the Georgia Bulldogs down in Athens uh Cody why don't you start us out on the dogs no I mean I'm really high on Georgia I think they're going to be a very very good football team this year they bring back so much talent um you know I would argue this and I don't want to get Georgia fans mad I think from a talent perspective, this is the first time I would say Georgia has more talent than Alabama from top to bottom. Um, But Kirby Smart is the best recruiter in college football, but I think he is such an average in-game coach. I agree. 
Agree. From an X's and O's perspective, anytime there's a big moment, he just does something so stupid and it just costs the team their whole season. And I, I don't see it changing. I really don't. Um, I think they're going to beat Clemson week one, and I'm sure they're going to have a fantastic season. Um, they bring back a ton of talent on the defensive side. JT Daniels is going to be incredible. They have an offensive line that, you know, it's real reload five-star after five-star. And they have four running backs that can do everything you want. So, like, for me as an Auburn guy, I see Georgia's talent, and I, I don't think there's any excuse for not winning every single game they play every single year uh, moving forward. Uh, so Georgia losing into South Carolina at home, Georgia losing even to Clemson, I, I don't think is excusable anymore. It's, it's like, no, not with the talent they have. So uh, I have them going 11 and one with that loss to, I don't remember. They're going to lose to some Auburn Clemson. Do you have them? have them beating us but i not when don't talk to me that week because i'll have auburn beating them <laughs> of course yeah i agree with uh, with everything you said i mean I'll, I'll start with kirby smart you described him perfectly he's i mean the best recruiter in college football i mean if if you it depends on who you ask if you're asking an unbiased fan i would say the answer is kirby smart to be honest with you but uh and or nick saban i mean they literally get whoever they want those two guys so, you know, listen, no, no shortage at running back. That's always the case at, uh, at Georgia. He likes to claim you know, RBU. You know, I think George Pickens is I, – I don't care how much talent and how much experience they have coming back at wide receiver. George Pickens is like a top three receiver in all of college football. And no one on the national college football media scale is talking about the loss of him. They're just like, oh, they have all these guys. I mean, none of – None of those guys are George Pickens. And now there's rumors of Art Gilbert being kicked out of practice by Kirby Smart. I'm sure he's going to be fine by week one at Clemson. And there's been rumors, I think they're, I think it's a fact now, that he's going to be playing more wide receiver than tight end, which he was a tight end at uh, LSU because they have Darnell Washington, who's a massive tight end target. Georgia has him. So, listen, the targets, the weapons are there for Georgia. The quarterback is there, finally. It's the same diagnosis every single year. You can go back to my podcast last year. You can go to Thomas's the year before. You can ask Cody his thoughts from the year before. It's the same goddamn thing with Georgia. They always have the talent. They always have the running back. They never put it together. So while I agree with Cody that Georgia does have a very, very good chance to beat Clemson week one, they're going to slip up at some point. And if it's not in the regular season – and you know, I mean, if Alabama's in the SEC championship game, I, I Cody, you're 100% right. The talent in terms of experienced talent returning, I would say Georgia over Alabama. It's the same thing, though. Kirby gets out coached every big game, it seems like. I don't know what his deal is, what adjustments that he can't make, but it's the same thing with Georgia every year. The talent is always there. They need to put it together. And I think Georgia after week one is going to be super interesting. I think if they beat Clemson, there's going to be a massive overreaction for the rest of the season for Georgia. And I think if they lose, then a lot of people are going to panic until they see Georgia run the table in the rest of the SEC. So it's, you know, sit back, relax, and, and watch Georgia do its thing. I mean, they're, the East is a joke this year. Georgia should Georgia's uh, win margin against their SEC East opponents should be by – two or three touchdowns every single game. 
So we'll see if they can get it done. I yeah, do think they're winning the East by easily, though. Oh, for sure. And just because, you know, we got a lot of stuff still to talk about, I'm not really going to say much more because I agree with everything we all had to say. Look, I think Georgia beats Clemson. I think Georgia goes undefeated in the regular season. I think Georgia wins the SEC championship. I think this is the dog's year. I think there's no excuses. I think JT Daniels taking that offense from 29 points per game to 37 points per game. Best quarterback they've probably had since Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to open it up for Zamir White and those other guys to go crazy in the backfield. I think Georgia does their thing this year and gets to the SEC championship game. Cody, um, Cody real quick. Have you ever heard that this is Georgia's year? <laughs> Far too many times. No, no, Same no. thing every single year, boys. Yeah, that's the one scary thing is it is Georgia's year, according to their fans, every single year. But I'll give it to them, man. This is eventually. their year. Do you guys know how hard, you know how hard it is to be an Auburn fan? Yeah. Growing up in Atlanta, too, for you? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to be an Auburn fan? I just listen to nonsense. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, hey, I definitely feel your pain there on that one, Cody. Been listening to all the fans always as a – as an ACC guy, but yeah, you know, I think it's the dog's year. Let's go ahead and pick our ACC championships. Um, I mean, our SEC championships. I have the Georgia Bulldogs beating Texas A&M in the SEC championship. Look, I don't think Georgia's going to get over the hump and beat Alabama this year. I think they're going to get lucky. I hinted to it earlier. I think everybody in SEC loses at least one game. I think Texas A&M's one slip-up will be against LSU. Fortunately, they'll have the tiebreaker because of head-to-head with Alabama. Alabama loses one game. Texas A&M plays Georgia in the SEC championship game and goes down. I got Bama beating Georgia once again. But I think if you want to talk in terms of betting purposes, the best bet is for Georgia to win the SEC. I mean, I, I agree if you're talking value. I mean, 100%. Um, I have Alabama beating Georgia 37-34 on a game-winning field goal. That'd be rough. <laughs> that, yeah. Most of the time, it's usually a blowout in that game. Hey, I'm going with the year of a lot of um, – of just, you know, a lot of shift up in college football this year, a lot of craziness with everything going on. As my um, as my team that's going to fly under the, little bit of the radar a little bit as a sleeper team, so you can make your sleeper team either a team that you think has a chance to win that no one's talking about or, you know, a team that can pull some upsets. And my team, as I talked about them just very, very briefly earlier this year or early in the podcast, is the Kentucky Wildcats. Look, I like Will Levis, dual threat quarterback from Penn State. He's going to be their starting quarterback. They also bring in the former – he's now their offensive coordinator, but he was the assistant head coach under Sean McVay and the Rams. I think McVay is arguably the best offensive mind in the NFL. They have 18 starters back, nine on both sides of the ball. Or Sorry, no, I was reading that that's part's not true. But they did have the ninth hardest schedule last year, and now they have the 74th hardest schedule this year, which helps for them. They've made six straight bulls, and I think Stoops is a great coach. Look, I think they'll do better than Florida this year, and I think they come in second place in the easy SEC East. I got Ole Miss as my sleeper team for all the reasons I said before. It's an offensive game. It doesn't matter what league you look at, high school, college, pro. It's an offensive game. Offensive dominates. They got an unbelievable offense. I know that the schedule is hard. I have Ole Miss finishing third, uh, right, right where LSU is in the SEC West. I love that. I uh, outside of Auburn, you know, because we're the greatest team ever. I have Kentucky as well, Thomas. Uh, I love them. I think they, they. I know they have the best offensive line um, in the country uh, this year. If they have no injuries, I mean, it's absolutely insane. They have two, I think, top three round picks on the offensive side. And then you got Terry Wilson and then Wondell Robinson on, on the offensive side. But most importantly, I think DeAndre Square 
um, at linebacker for them. He is, uh, he is something special, uh, probably a productive first-round pick. Um, I think Kentucky's going to come under the radar as well. I have them second in the SEC East as well with Thomas. Um, and I actually have – I have Florida fourth in the East. I have Missouri at third. I like um, it. I think Missouri uh, is a good football team that mm-hmm. – football coach, no one really talks about them uh, enough. But I think they're going to upset a couple people in the East – um, and I think they're going to make a little, you know, they're going to go bowling for sure. Missouri's got an identity under this coach too. They know yep. what they know, the style they want to play and they're going to play it, whether it wins or loses, they're not going to change. I think that's important in college football. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like what Drinkwitz is doing down there with the Missouri Tigers. Um, last but not least, our conference player of the year. This one's a tough one for me. There's so many good, talented players that we've talked about in the SEC. Ultimately, though, I'm going to go with JT Daniels. I think he's the real offensive difference maker for UGA. I think he's going to be able to throw the ball over the yard for him, make a lot of plays. He's also mobile, too. I think the dogs going tw- going undefeated in the regular season and winning the SEC, I think all that matches up for him to be the conference player of the year. Cody, go ahead. For conference player of the year? Yeah. Uh, I, I, have, I, mean, I have Derek Stingley. Um, yeah. I think – I think, I think he's going to be an incredible player this year. We either Florida or LSU, sorry, uh, goes seven and five or 10 and two. Um, I think he is going to be a leader on defense. I think he's going to be a leader in the SEC. Um, there's not going to be a receiver that wants to face him this year. Um, and, and he's going to be a lockdown man-to-man corner all season long against everyone. Um, and he's going to put on a show why he's going to be probably a, a longtime player in the NFL at that I have two guys uh, from the same school. I think JT Daniels is a tremendous pick, a guy that's going to have the chance to throw the ball all over the yard. We know he's capable of doing that, and he's got a lot of weapons to use. Uh, He's got some running backs that are good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's got great tight ends, and uh, and that. I think the surprise pick is I'm going to go Adam Anderson, defensive end at Georgia. This is a school that has had – multiple players over the last couple of years to lead the SEC in sacks. Aziz Ojolari with the last one uh, that leads to high first, uh, either high first round picks or just high draft picks in general. So I think Nolan Smith gets a lot of the attention on Georgia's uh, defensive line as he should. He was like the number one or number two prospect out of high school. I think Adam Anderson is a guy and I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm thinking of the right guy. I believe that's his name. He's number 19 defensive end number 19 in Georgia. I believe his name is Adam Anderson. He's going to get a lot of one-on-ones, and I think he has the ability to win them. I think he has a very good chance to lead the SEC in sacks this year. Yeah, that's a good call, Ben. Um, it's the same thing with you, Cody. That wraps up our SEC. Now it's time for us to shift gears over to the Atlantic Coast Conference. So, guys, before we dive into the Atlantic Coast Conference, I'm going to go ahead and say this. The ACC has a lot of teams that are pretty much the same team, not going to lie. They have a lot of teams moving in the right direction, a lot of teams moving in the wrong direction. So, we're going to hit on the most important teams. Also, we are going to rope Notre Dame in with the ACC as they are practically part of the conference at this point. We will go ahead and start things out with where Cody started out his college career at the Clemson Tigers, and they are the reigning ACC champs. Cody, why don't you tell us about how you think Clemson's going to do this year? Uh, I think Clemson's going to have an incredible year, like they always do, because they play no one. Um, they're going to play Georgia, and they're going to lose week one, and then they're going to win out and go 11-1, and one, and they're going to win the ACC championship versus North Carolina. Um, I, I think that it's just super straightforward. I, 
I wish things changed. Um, but I think unless Florida State, you know, gets back to where they where they mm-hmm. um, in North Carolina can maybe pull an upset or Miami. Uh, but I just don't see it happening. The, the talent differences at Clemson compared to everybody with their quarterback and their defense, um, just not comparable, unfortunately, to any team in the ACC. Like, you know, you talk about Alabama, Georgia, they're comparable. Clemson, North Carolina aren't comparable, like from a straight town mm-hmm. perspective. So, yeah, I think they lose week one to Georgia. Um, and I think that they go 11 and one, make the playoff as the four seed and typical stuff as usual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or Ben, you go ahead. I mean, I'm not going to add too much more to what Cody said, because with Clemson, it's like you said, it's pretty straightforward. Um, obviously, I mean, DJ Ewan Galele has played. He's not a new quarterback, but he's officially taken the regime at Clemson. It's his, uh, the keys to the castle. I mean, this, he could literally do it all. My concern, my one concern with Clemson is I, their quarterback depth chart is not strong from what I've read. And I think that'll cause them to tell DJ to not use his legs as much as Trevor Lawrence did. Uh, even though Lawrence might have been a little bit better of a runner, it, it's if Lawrence went down, you had this kid behind him, and you even had you had other five stars. I think Hunter Johnson was there at one point, who just got named the starting quarterback in Northwestern, and then you had the freshman kid who beat I don't even remember Boston College or something like that. I mean, you know, you said it. The the talent's there with Clemson. The only thing I'm going to add, and there's two things. Their defensive line, I think, is one of the best in college football, if not the very best. The pressure that they're going to put on teams is insane. And in the week one matchup versus Georgia, you should absolutely keep your eyes on how much time JT Daniels is, is given to throw because Georgia's offensive line is very beefy. They're very, very good, very talented. Clemson's the same way on the other side. They have freaks on their end. Uh, I, I think that's a matchup. And I think when healthy, he was not healthy last year, they're getting back Justin Ross. I if you ask me when healthy is the best receiver in college football, um, this is a dude that can make any play on a football field. He's pretty similar to what Jamar Chase could do at LSU, which you saw him do last year. Ross did this his true freshman year when he won the national championship against Alabama. He absolutely dominated that game. Um, they're returning him um, as a college football fan. I hope he can stay healthy. I know that the, I, I believe it's a spine injury he had last year. I, if I remember correctly, it was pretty scary. So I hope that he's able to play a full college football season and live out his dreams in the pros because he is an absolute stud. Ben, I'm going to go back to one thing you said in there. That is the fact there is no depth behind DJ Ungulele, who is a runner. Look, DJ likes to run the football. He's a big guy. He likes to take hits. I have Clemson losing to Georgia week one, and I think Clemson gets upset somewhere along the road. I just feel like when you play these teams week in and week out, we've seen it happen to Clemson many times where they fall asleep against somebody. They're going to come in with a conservative game plan, not one-on-one DJ, and then it's going to get late early, and they can't turn it around quick at the end of a game. I just feel like this is the year, man, parody in college football. I say Clemson loses two games, but still ends up beating beating uh, UNC in the ACC championship and misses out on the college football final four. I actually have the ACC getting no teams in. I just feel like, I mean, I could be very wrong with this. I just want to, I, you know, I just wanted to be fun, man. I'd want to see some parody. So I'm going to say Clemson slips up somewhere down the road this season. I just feel like that the games start flowing together and they don't show up against somebody. It happens every year. Um. 
this is the ACC Atlantic. Um, the other two teams in the ACC Atlantic who are going to be – actually, you know, we'll talk about my Florida State Seminoles, and I'll talk about the other two teams that will be better than us. But because it's my podcast, I'm a Florida State fan, I want to talk about Florida State here. I'll start us off with my team. Look, as much as I hate to say it, I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think this is the last year that it gets worse. Last year was a tough year for us. I mean, there's not a whole lot to build on. We don't have the playmakers that you've seen in the past. There's no Kelvin Benjamin. There's no Rashad Green. There's no, you know, there's none of those big-time receivers out there making plays on the edge. We don't have Cam Akers. We don't have Dalvin Cook. We don't have um, Devontae Freeman in the backfield. There's none of that. I like McKenzie Milton. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. From what I hear, there's still QB competition. Jordan Travis is below marginal passer to be honest he's an excellent runner probably one of the better running quarterbacks in college football he is not much of a passer florida state had some some of the worst performances i've ever seen from a florida state team last year i mean our best defensive player is a guy who wasn't even a starter at georgia last year if that says enough for you i think that it's a long road to climb up for coach norvell i mean jimbo in his last couple years like y'all said earlier didn't recruit anybody else and bring anybody else in also on top of that this schedule is not easy florida state plays one of the hardest schedules in the nation they have to play florida and notre dame is out of conference games not to mention they also have to play miami north carolina and clemson to go along with that and nc state who are all going to be much better teams than them I think five wins is realistic for this team as much as it sucks. I think we miss a bowl game. I would love to see us somehow pull off a big upset. Somebody please tell me something good and tell me that we're going to make a bowl game this year. It starts in the trenches. Um, You know, the nicest way I'll put it is the past two seasons, Florida State has been embarrassed on the offensive line. I mean, literally teams that – their quarterbacks are getting killed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fact that they haven't had a quarterback – really turn out great I mean he the guy's running for his life every play so you know the, I don't have much positive to you I, I think Norvell is a guy that he's gonna ramp up the recruiting I think he I was a little shocked he didn't do it even more this past offseason but um I, I don't think Florida State is like too far from getting back to at least competing in the ACC the only thing I'm gonna add is um you know, as the first snap I see Mackenzie Milton take, I I think everyone around the country who's watching the game should give a standing ovation to him. Um, an absolute devastating injury, mm-hmm. what he went through at UCF. And the part about injuries that doesn't get talked about enough is the mental part. And I would encourage everyone to go on YouTube and find the clip of Alex Smith, the now former uh, NFL quarterback, go talk to Alabama. Just spoke to them pretty recently, and he talks about the mental aspect of coming back from a devastating injury. Um, I, I'm happy to see McKenzie Milton still fight for his dream. I'm happy to see a school like Florida State give him that chance to start. Um, I, I hope he can get through a season healthy and uh, put some success on the board. He's he's an easy guy to root for when someone goes down like he did. No, I, I agree with you. Um, Kinsey Milton, he was, he was really good at UCF. Um, his injury was horrific. Um, and he's, he seems to be a great leader. I'm sure a great asset to Florida State. Um, they need a leader, leader in that locker room. But, yeah, Thomas, I, I think Florida State's got an interesting come up. I do think you have the right guy uh, as your head coach. I do think um, you do have a bright future, which is great. Um, I do think you're going to get a little better this year. I have you all going seven and five. I um, love it. I do think you guys might have an upset, and I, I say an upset. I think NC State at home, a lot of people have you guys losing that one. Um, I think you'll 
win that one. Okay. Uh, beating uh, Syracuse, Louisville, um, Wake Forest on the road. My losses for you guys are UNC, Clemson, Miami, Boston College, and Florida. Um, I have Boston College on the road, and I think Boston College is going to be a good football team to share from what I'm reading on them. So uh, I think Florida State fans should be excited. I think that Notre Dame game is going to be really hype. Uh, the fans are going to be very into that. I hope you guys sell out Doak. It's looked like a high school stadium the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys can fill out that game for a, a big matchup, I think, on what, Labor Day night. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a sick game, man. Hopefully, hopefully you guys show up in that Florida State team we all know back in 2013, 14, 15 show up. Yeah, no, I think I think that Norville will definitely get the program moving in the right direction. Just think that, you know, there's one more year of, of definite large growing pains. But I love the positivity, Cody. That was what I needed to hear today. Um, let's move things. Before we move over to the Coastal Division, where we have two teams to touch on, I want to touch really briefly on two teams I think will be good in the ACC, and that is NC State Wolfpack and Boston College Eagles, who you just alluded to real quickly. Um, NC State – this team was really good last year. They went seven and three. Dave Doran got this program moving in the right direction. Their quarterback, Devin Leary, got hurt right at the beginning of the season. But they also returned 19 starters this season to go along with all that. I think they're easily going to be the second best team in the ACC Coastal. This team had a very good offense. They had some big upsets, including upsetting Derek King in Miami on a Friday night last year. They'll probably get the crap beaten out of them by Clemson. That's not the game where I see Clemson slipping up. That's actually one of the few games I see Clemson coming to play hard on the schedule. I think NC State will have a good season, and I like them to probably go, you know, probably win eight, nine games a season in the ACC playing against a weak schedule. The other team, real briefly, is Boston College. I think Jeff Halfley as well has got this program moving in the right direction. Um, they return nine starters on offense and eight on defense. They also have quarterback Phil Dracovic, who's a, a Notre Dame transfer, I believe. And look, this this team's really good. They can throw it all over the yard. Um, I mean, NC State could end up tied here for the second best spot in the ACC Atlantic. I think this is another team who builds off a good season they had last year, and I think they can pull some upsets and, you know, dominate in the ACC. And they also they also get to avoid North Carolina and Clemson, and they get NC State at home, so they have a very schedule uh, favorable schedule this season. So I think Boston College is going to be good this year. I had Boston College as my sleeper team as well. Um, you know, they get NC State, Florida State at home, as you guys mm-hmm. alluded to. Their two crossover games are very, very winnable. It's Virginia Tech at home and Georgia Tech on the road. Cody, you brought up high school stadiums. It's literally what Georgia Tech plays in. <laughs> um, you know, all five of those games, NC State, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech, are all winnable games. I think Boston College has a chance to be favored in all five of those games. Here's the thing with, that I like about Boston College. I have them finishing second in the Atlantic Division. Okay. I like the schedule. They have all five offensive linemen returning, and they have an experienced quarterback coming back. Those three things, you can have success in college football with those three things. Well, I completely agree with you guys, man. It's uh, ACC, I think, is kind of wide open. Um, outside of Clemson, you know, winning the Atlantic. Uh, I think the Coastal – yeah, when I say wide open. I think the bottom two, three, four in the Atlantic is pretty wide open. The NC State, Boston College, and Florida State. I, uh, I have I have Clemson at one, NC State at two, and Boston College at three, Florida State at four. Okay. Atlantic. Um, in the Coastal, I have North Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh. Uh, I think I think Miami 
isn't going to win the Coastal. I think North Carolina is a better team. Um, I think they're better coach. And I think, uh, you know, Sam Howells, he's a great quarterback. Uh, and I think they're going to bring a dynamic to the ACC that we haven't seen. They kind of that old miss to the ACC, right? Um, they're going to put up a lot of points uh, and they're going to throw the ball 55 times a game. I just don't know if their defense can keep up. Um, so ACC's, I'm a little uneducated. I'm going to let Thomas run with this one. I'm more of an SEC guy, but yeah, those are my standings. Yeah, um, I'll go back to North Carolina. Like you said, Cody, they actually are going to have their probably their best defense they've ever had in program history. They bring back 10 starters. One of those guys is one of the top recruits. This Mac Brown's also brought in some of the best recruiting classes they've ever had. Um, obviously, it's, they lost a lot on offense. They lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, um, Daz Newsome, a lot of these big-time playmakers. I mean, Sam Howell, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in college football this year. I think he's going to go number one overall in the NFL draft this next season. I think Sam Howell is going to be an absolute beast, so I think he'll make up for any lack of what they're missing on offense. This defense is going to be filthy. I think they go undefeated until that they play the ACC championship game against Clemson, where I think Clemson will flex their muscle on them one time. That's the only loss I have for North Carolina. Carolina this year Ben anything from you on the Tar Heels not much more to add I have them finishing first in their on their side uh the coastal side um Sam Howell I mean everyone knows what he is at this point he's he's got an absolute cannon of an arm can really make any throw on a football field um him and Spencer Rattler are both honestly they might be better throwing on the run than they do with the set pocket set absolutely both of these guys are so athletic um, you know, the only thing I'll add is, and you alluded to it on defense, Mac Brown is recruiting like North Carolina football has never recruited before. The fact that they even got the number one cornerback in the country last season is football going forward. I also have them winning the coastal. Hey, I love that, Ben. I like how we're all aligned in the ACC. ACC be pretty cut and dry. I'll touch on Miami here pretty quick. Look, Derek King's going to be – I don't know how, how healthy his needs to be, to be honest with you. I don't think it matters how well and how healthy he is. I would not play him against Miami. I would let him get healthy. I probably would sit him for that App State game, too. I would not play him till week three versus Mich- Michigan State. I like what Miami's doing with this program. I think Rhett Lashley is going to do a good job with this team. Miami had a pretty decent season last year besides the fact they got the snot beaten out of them against North Carolina. I would say they have a revenge game this year. But they're going up to Chapel Hill where I don't think it's going to get any better for them. I don't think they're going to walk into Chapel Hill and pull an upset. Um, Other than that, I think Miami's only losses will be to Alabama, North Carolina. I mean, their ACC crossover games are not difficult either. Maybe one more loss somewhere down the road, but like at Pittsburgh could potentially be one. Maybe at Florida State, you never know what can happen in a rivalry game like that. Much as it pains me to say, I think Manny Diaz has Miami moving the right direction. I say nine and three is a realistic season here for the Hurricanes. I just think they fall short of going to the ACC championship. Anything y'all want to add to Miami? Well, they lost. uh, They lost some defensive ends, um, and I believe they lost those two linebackers they had that started for three or four years there. Um, So some production to to um, you know to fill on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Manny Diaz is a defensive, a defensive-minded coach, but you know, I, I Miami is a good football program. Uh, I think they're, I think they're going to be a good football team this year. But I agree with you. I, I still see two or three losses on their schedule. I think if the loss to Alabama is ugly, I think people are going to talk down on them, and then I think by the time they play their next really good team, I don't know who that is. I don't have their schedule in front Michigan of me. State. They're not a good team. Stop. <laughs> I mean, 
until they play like someone who yeah you know like a unc or someone like that i think people will see the real miami i think if they get blown out to alabama people are going to over exaggerate like crazy you know unless De'Ara king happens to get hurt again against alabama so um i i think they're, they're gonna have a good season i just don't think they're the favorite no, I agree with you completely on that one. Um, before we – I mean, I guess we both – we all had Clemson winning the ACC against North Carolina. We already preluded to that. Before we get to our um, conference player of the year, um, let's talk about Notre Dame here real quickly. Ben, you want to start us off with the with Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, talk about a consistent football program, right? Um, Brian Kelly, he's, he's got to be averaging 10, 11 wins in his time at Notre Dame. You know, I, I think replacing – Notre Dame is kind of in the same situation as A&M in terms of how I look at them. You're not going to just plug someone in and, and replace Ian book. Um, just too much production over the years that he gave that program. I know that there's a lot of talent that Notre Dame does bring in. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think Notre Dame has the typical Notre Dame type of year. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me. They typically play a hard schedule because they're in the independent. So they can typically keep, a lot of their longtime rivals. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see a similar record, uh, you know, nine, 10 wins for Notre Dame again. Uh, Brian Kelly's a very consistent coach. He's He's been good in a lot of, a lot of places he's been. Going back to his Cincinnati days, he was incredible. I mean, you have to be a really good coach to get a job like Notre Dame. It's you have to be a great coach to get them over the hump. He really can't do that. He's, he's made a national championship game, but he also got blown out. And We've seen what he's done in the playoffs. It's it's not that competitive, uh, you know, for most of his appearances. So I, I don't think he gets over the hump this season, not with not one season after Ian Book. Yeah, I like Jack Cohn coming in there as a Wisconsin transfer. I think that, like, I think Ian Book, you know, he kind of would make one read and just dip out of the pocket a lot of times. I think Cohn will stand in there a little bit more. But, yeah, you kind of alluded to it, Ben. Notre Dame, you know, they're always going to reload. They lost nine guys to the NFL. They have Kyron Williams at running back, who's going to be one of the better running backs in the country. Schedule's not easy, though. They're going to play Wisconsin. That's going to be at Soldier Field. And then they have Cincinnati come to the house. So those are their non-ACC games. They also play USC. I don't really – I'm Stanford, I've heard, is going to be miserable this year usc also comes to Notre dame they're going to play north carolina though that's their toughest acc opponent this year that one's also at home so they have a favorable home schedule i personally think the tar heels will beat them and i think they'll probably lose at to wisconsin as well and they'll lose one of those games they shouldn't i say nine and three is very realistic this year for notre dame the defense will be there at the end of the day, I just think Jack Cohn is good. I don't think he's great. There's a reason why he transferred out and lost his starting job at Wisconsin. I think 9-3 and three is very realistic this year for Notre Dame. We see him playing the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I actually disagree here, uh, which is weird, I know. Um, I have I have us going have them going 11-1. and one. I think wow. Brian is, uh, is a really good coach. I don't think he gets enough credit, actually. I thought he uh, had a really good game plan against, uh, you know, last year in the playoff. Um, you didn't give him much credit. No one thought they stood a chance, and they 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 really showed up. I mean, they, they showed up on the offensive side. I thought the first three quarters did all they could to really stay in the game. Um, but, you know, they obviously ended up losing. But no one was going to beat that team last year. So um, I have them losing uh, one of these games, either to uh, Wisconsin on the road or Virginia Tech on the road. Um, wow. I, I think they they handle UNC. Um, I don't see any home games that really scare me for – I mean, maybe Cincinnati. They're a good football team, but 
I have a hard time believing uh, Notre Dame has more than two losses this year. Okay. Hey, I definitely don't hate that, and I agree, too, with that Brian Kelly take. Definitely underrated in the fact that he always gets back there with Notre Dame and playing the hard schedule they do. They really only play one cupcake the entire year with Toledo, who is, I mean, still one of the better MAC teams. Um, last thing we got on the ACC before we get to our final four in Heisman is who's y'all's conference player of the year? Um, ben, you want to go first? I mean, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, DJ Uingalele, quarterback at Clemson, the best team I think in the ACC. I don't think it's really close. Okay, uh, Cody. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'm gonna take Sam Howell. Uh, I'm gonna go with that pick. I think he uh, he's mostly just because of the hype. I don't think he. I really not really bought into him personally, uh, like especially as an NFL quarterback. He's kind of like a really bad Baker Mayfield to me. Um, but I think he's going to get a lot of hype. He's going to put up major numbers this year, and I think he's going to end up winning. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sam Howell as well here. I think this is Sam Howell's year. I think this is the Tar Heels' year. I think Sam Howell's going to throw all over defenses and have a field day. I like that Baker Mayfield comparison. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Sam Howell here on this one. All right, let's go. Are we let's all go have Clemson beating North Carolina? Yeah, uh, I had – yeah, we all had Clemson beating North Carolina, correct. Um, all right, before we get to our final four here, let's do the Heisman Trophy winner. Who's holding the trophy up this year? Cody? Um, I mean, probably probably unfortunately, and I don't – I'm not – once again, this is all because of hype and the system that people play in and strictly off of schedule because I think the Heisman's super political. So I want to make that perfectly clear. Heisman is BS. The best player doesn't win the Heisman every year. And that's not how it used to be. It's just like the last 10 years, I think. Um, but with that being said, my pick is Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Um, I think it's another Oklahoma guy that's going to be putting up 400 yards a game. Um, they're going to have a great season this year. And he's going to be giving a speech in New York City on how much he loves Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Go ahead, Thomas. Um, I'm actually got the exact same Heisman Trophy winner as Cody does for all the exact same reasons. Ben? I mean, I'm with you guys. I think I'll throw out a guy just because we saw this happen for the first time in a long, long time last year. Let's have a little fun and say that there could be a repeat wide receiver winner. I'm going to go Chris Alave out of Ohio State. Another team that can put up – that will put up a ton of points on just about every single team on their schedule. Um, I, you know, Ohio state has a lot of competition at, at wide receiver. Um, it, you know, he's not the only stud there, but I do think he's a little ahead of everyone. I think he's definitely their number one receiver, best player, best playmaker. Um, so I'll throw out Chris Alave as a kind of a, a wild card name to look out for. Hey, I like that, Ben, that you're going against the grain a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and get our uh, college football national champion. Uh, do the fi- Give us your final four national champion and winner. Um, ben, I'll let you go ahead and go first. Take us away on this one. I think we can all guess what your prediction is. Um, I, you're not going to guess my national champion. Um, I, I hate that these are my four teams um, because they happen to be the same – as the one, two, three, four in preseason, but I didn't know that. Um, I already made this list before. So in order, I have 
Ohio State as the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. I have Oklahoma as the number two seed. I have Alabama as the number three seed. And I have Clemson as the number four seed. And I have the Buckeyes winning it all. I don't think I don't think the fact that they have a new quarterback matters. I think this is another program just like Oklahoma. Now, I know that Oklahoma's had the number one picks and the Heisman winners. I get that. Go look at the list of the quarterbacks that Ohio State's put out. I, I'm not saying they're good in the NFL. Look at their college stats over the last couple of years. You know, Ryan Day's been there. He, he's been there the entire time. I mean, Urban Meyer had this success. Ryan Day was there. He was the offensive coordinator. C.J. Stroud is supposedly a stud. I think the weapons around him are unbelievable. Um and I think their defense, it, it's got to be better than last year in big-time games. they got to give up uh, big plays, and I think Ohio State's going to win it all. Cody, what say you? Yeah, no, I have a little bit of a hot take here. Um, I'm not that high on Ohio State. I think the talent's obviously there, and Ben's very smart knows that. Um, I think they're going to have one uh, screw-up at 11-1, and one, and I don't think the committee's going to get them in with that. Um, I actually have them losing to my four seed here week two um, to Oregon. Uh, I have nice. Oregon beating them, um, and I have Oregon going undefeated out of the Pac-12 uh, being the four seed. Okay. Uh, a ton of players from COVID. I talked to you, Thomas. They didn't, they didn't play last year. Um, I think Mario Cristobal is a really, really good coach. And outside of playing Ohio State, they play the Pac-12. Um, it's really weak schedule. They have – out on the West Coast, they just recruit way better than everyone. Um, and I really see Oregon going 11 and 1, 12 and 0. Uh, but with my prediction, I have them going 12 and 0, um, losing in the first round uh, to Alabama. Um, I have, wait, sorry, they'd be a four seed. So I have them losing to Clemson in the first round. Wait, I'm being dumb here. I have Oklahoma as the one seed. Okay. Alabama as the two seed. Clemson as the three. Oregon as the four. I have Oklahoma beating Oregon, Alabama beating Clemson, Alabama beating Oklahoma in the national championship, repeating. And I'm saying this because they won't. They don't repeat. Alabama doesn't repeat. <laughs> I'm saying this because I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. They've um, repeated before a while ago, but they did. Yeah, it was a long before. time ago, though. It's a new, it's a new era. Um, but I think Alabama's going to be back in, and I don't know what's going to happen. I think injuries play a huge part in this, right? We have no idea what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting, guys. I'm really excited for this season. I don't think it's as straightforward as last year. The only I, thing I'll add the only thing I'll add for what Cody said, and it plays into Oregon's success, Mario Cristobal is an unbelievable recruiter, unbelievable recruiter on the West Coast. Yeah, no, I like that prediction, Cody. I like going against the uh, against the grain, you know, and kind of pulling out something like that. I have something similar. I don't have the Pac-12 getting a team, but I do have, definitely have an upset Final Four. I have the ACC getting no teams. I have my one seed as the Georgia Bulldogs, my two seed being the Oklahoma Sooners. At three is Ohio State. In, or Sorry, no, at three I have Alabama, and at four I have Ohio State. I have the SEC getting two teams in. I have Oklahoma playing Georgia in the national championship game. And I have the Oklahoma Sooners finally breaking through and winning a national championship. I have Spencer Rattler and Rinkin Riley hosting the trophy. Man, so Georgia fans would not be able to handle that, man. They <laughs> I'm praying it happens. There's nothing I would, that would be to see Georgia lose the daddy. 
That'd be a tough year for the this is our year crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I would love to see it. So, look, I think there's definitely going to be something crazy. I don't hate that Oregon prediction either, as I was telling Cody over text. Definitely don't hate that one at all. Look, I, I could definitely see the ACC getting left out. If Clemson somehow loses twice, I mean, even if UNC beats in the ACC championship game, UNC loses to Notre Dame and somebody else, I think the ACC still gets left out. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We've gone on for a long time. Does anybody have anything else to say before we get out of here? I do not. I had a pleasure being on this with you guys. As it's been a while, I had a good time. Thanks for coming on, Cody. Yeah, Cody, it was a pleasure having you on here. We will definitely get you back for a Saturday picks at least once or twice for to get some. Oh, shout out, spot. shout out, yardage locks on Twitter. Yardage locks on Twitter. Get ready. It's not, it's not there anymore, guys. Yardage locks is done, unfortunately. Um, you can just call me Cody Hardage. Yeah, I'm right here. Um, okay. No more Twitter. Uh, well, what I was gonna what I was gonna say was Cody does give out free picks for college football every once in a while. Free picks, and I'm still here. I still have my knowledge. I uh, wouldn't say I'm gambling. I'm not, but I will say I will gladly give you my insight on Vegas lines on Saturday. So, um, yeah, guys, I always have a blast talking to you, and looking forward to the future. Yeah, I appreciate everyone's insights today. It was another great podcast. We appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all soon.